sermon this morning is not going to be in Galatians. Jeff was right that his sermon last week was our final Galatians sermon of this year. It's actually going to be in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And yes, I have preached this passage before uh, in the summer of 2018, but in preparation for Thanksgiving Sunday, I actually had two weeks instead of one because of being away last week. And so I gathered all the passages, passages I could find that mentioned giving thanks and sifted through, and I had probably 10 different forms of sermons that I was wanting to preach, and finally isolated this one passage. It might seem like a strange passage for Thanksgiving Sunday, but this is the one that to me seemed um, fresh, seemed like a, a good fresh word for our church as we approach Thanksgiving. It will instruct us in something very specific and very practical that we might otherwise forget to do during Thanksgiving as Christians. Thanksgiving has been really strange for our family as we've been working with our extended families, trying to make plans. I imagine it's the same for you guys. You're trying to decide about travel and big gatherings versus small gatherings and what to do. And then even if it were normal, there would be all the logistics of food preparations and meal plannings and all those things. And it's very easy to forget the one central thing that as Christians we ought to rejoice that we get to do together during this time of year. It's something very simple. It's something that every single one of us, no matter our age, can do. It's something that no pandemic-related restrictions can stop us from doing. And it's something that is deceptively powerful. If we will do it, it will have a profound effect on the people around us. What this passage will remind us to do this morning is to give thanks to God out loud. Give thanks to God out loud. A very simple concept. We're just going to read the paragraph. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 19. Just a quick reminder, a little bit of context. This is a letter written by Paul to a really troubled church. They had all kinds of spiritual issues. It was a sickly, sickly church. If you were to move to another city and tell me that you were about to join a church like the Corinthian church, I would probably urge you to join a different church. They were so unhealthy. And one of the things that they were getting wrong was how to use the spiritual gifts. They were using spiritual gifts in such a way as to try to make themselves look awesome. And so Paul here in this section of the letter is trying to correct that and trying to say, no, your spiritual gifts are to be used to build each other up. So that's what's going on when we get to verse 13. He writes, Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit, says, my, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit... How can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you're saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind 
in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, the big idea of this paragraph is about how to use spiritual gifts in general, but within it, there's something really clear and practical about giving thanks, and that's what I want to focus on with you this morning. And if you like, if you can go back to verse 16, that's going to be our main place that we're going to dwell. Christians should give thanks to God out loud. That should be a regular part of our Christian experience, verbalizing gratitude to God or about God in the hearing of others in such a way that other people can hear us say these things and can understand us saying these things. For them, their trouble was they were saying words of thanksgiving, but they were doing it in tongues that nobody around them understood. Now, I've not been a part of more charismatic church services where everybody speaks in tongues and there is no interpretation. Some of you may have been a part of some of these services. I haven't. But apparently in these gatherings, people were all just going crazy, saying all kinds of stuff, and they couldn't understand each other. And it wasn't doing anybody any good. It wasn't building them up. That's not really a problem for us. Uh, We've not had an issue with people speaking thanksgivings in tongues that others can't understand. But we do struggle to verbalize our gratitude to God in the hearing of other people. So just think about yourself for a minute. We'll do some self-diagnosis. How often do you verbally say out loud gratitude, either to God or about God, where other people can hear you? Maybe just think about this last week. How many times have you said, I am so thankful that God fill in the blank? Now, some of us are better at this than others. Some of you just are abounding in this kind of thanksgiving all the time, and you guys are a source of joy and encouragement in life for all of us, and I'm really grateful for you. Others of us aren't so great at it. And there's many reasons for that. I just want to focus on one this morning. There, there is an unhealthy alternative to verbalizing thanksgiving that many of us love. If giving thanks out loud to God is like a home-cooked meal, it's healthy, it's good for us, this alternative is like a trip to McDonald's. It's easy and fun, but it is unhealthy, and it doesn't do anyone any good. This unhelpful alternative to thanksgiving is complaining. Many of us are much more skilled at complaint than we are at gratitude. So we'll have a little case study here. Let's think about this pandemic. Think about since March, since this whole pandemic has hit. Have you verbalized complaint or have you verbalized thanksgiving? Which one? If you could, if you could gather all your statements this year, which one would outweigh on the scale? Thanksgivings or complaints? Now you say, well, this isn't a fair case study. This has been an incredibly hard year. If you, if you asked me that last year, I would have done much better on this test. But I genuinely do hate the way my mask fogs up my glasses. I genuinely do hate the fact that when I'm trying to plan Thanksgiving, I feel like the president in the situation room looking at charts and graphs. I hate how stressful it is. I hate all the constant decision-making. I hate that we have to bump elbows like chickens 
instead of shake hands and hug. Like, I genuinely have some grievances here. Well, I want to remind you of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's a short, quick verse. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, that's just crystal clear and inescapable. Give thanks in all circumstances, including global pandemics, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, as Christians, we believe, we believe a lot of things that if we'll hang on to them, they will give us unshakable reason for gratitude, no matter our circumstances. We believe in God. We believe that God is good. We believe that God is all-powerful. We believe that as Christians, God has adopted us as his sons and daughters. We believe that he is determined to bless us. We believe that he has promised to use all things for our good to make us more like Jesus Christ. And believing these things gives us a constant source for gratitude, even verbal, out loud gratitude, even if muffled by the mask on our face. We always have a reason to speak gratitude to God out loud. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't talk about how you feel when you feel bad. Some of you might be thinking, well, does this mean I just have to bottle it all up and I can't be honest if somebody at church asks how I'm doing today and I'm, I'm doing really bad? Can I not say that? Well, two answers to that that I think are biblical. One, when the Bible talks about thanksgiving, our feelings aren't really relevant. It's not saying that you need to feel thankful. It's saying that you need to give thanks. Our feelings come and go, and we can't control them. But we can control what we're going to say. And we can control how we're going to think. And instead of focusing on all the negatives, we can focus on God's goodness, and we can verbalize about that, even if we don't feel good. Who feels good all the time? Nobody. But we can still give thanks in all circumstances in obedience to our Lord. The second answer is that God has given us a release valve for when we feel really bad, but it's not complaining. It's a biblical word. It's called lament. There's actually a book of the Bible titled Lamentations. So clearly it's not evil to verbalize negative feelings that you might have or negative circumstances that you might be in, but that's not the same as complaining. Lament comes from a heart full of faith. Complaining comes from a worldview that really doesn't represent faith. Non-Christians can complain, but they can't lament because they're complaining in a context in which they are not also trusting in a good and powerful and sovereign God. So we can lament, but let's not complain. Lament is sort of like a child who genuinely is hurt and crying, burrowing into his father's chest for comfort. Complaining is like a child who's genuinely hurt, turning away from his father and pouting. We want to turn toward the father. So, an example of all this. One, one circumstance, four different ways to talk about it. So let's think about how we are going about being the church together right now compared to this time last year. 
There's a lot of things that just aren't good, that aren't what we want them to be. So the first way to talk about that would be the complaining way. I hate that we can't do church like normal. I hate that we got to wear masks in church. I hate that half our congregation isn't even here with us. I hate it. I'm sick of it. I want it to end. Now, all that's true, and really, I'm with you in agreement. But does that really help anybody? Is that helpful? Not really. So that's the complaining way. Now let's think about the lamenting way. I hate that we can't do church like normal, but I will trust in God's goodness through this. I know his promises are going to hold true. That's more of a lament. That's a faithful way to express the genuine sadness that we feel during this time. Now, the thanksgiving way. I am thankful that we can come, even if in a uh, more minimal way, and I'm grateful that we have virtual tools that help us to stay connected, even if we can't be in person. Now, that gives you a little more of a sense of optimism. But we want to, as Christians, take it even one step further and not just verbalize gratitude, but verbalize gratitude to God about the situation. I'm thankful that God has provided for us a way to stay together, even in the midst of a global pandemic. That is a way to verbalize thanksgiving to God that is way more helpful and constructive to the people around us than the other ways. This is so practical, and we're going to obey it immediately with another opportunity to come and verbalize thanksgiving into the microphone in just a little bit. You might even want to be jotting down, as, as the Lord brings to mind blessings, evidence of his goodness, you might want to jot them down on a little scrap of paper because you're going to have a chance to come and verbalize that in just a moment. But first, this passage also teaches us why this is important. So we will give thanks to God out loud as Christians. Why is it important? When we give thanks to God out loud, those who hear get to say amen. When we verbalize thanksgiving to God out loud, those who hear us get to say amen. Let's look back at verses 16 and 17 here. It says, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving? That response to the thanksgiving is very important, and we often don't think about that. Amen basically means that's true and good. It basically is saying, I agree with it, and I like it. Amen was the the original like button. Facebook didn't invent something new with the like button. God had given us a verbal equivalent from way back here. It is good to say amen to things that you agree with and that you like. That's another central part of what we do as Christians. It doesn't have to be the word amen. It can be some other verbal expression of Agreement and assent. You're basically casting your vote, yes, I agree with that, what you just said. I agree with it. You participate in the thanksgiving when you do that, when you say amen. You encourage the person who is giving thanks, and you spread, you amplify the thanks. You, it's like fanning a flame. If you ever try to get a fire started and you didn't really have a lot of supplies, and maybe you get one little piece of paper or something to start, If you want that fire to grow, you need to bring something else over and put it in that same flame. That's sort of what amen is doing. It's adding logs to the fire. I worked with a Pentecostal guy back at a warehouse years and years ago. I know I've told you all these stories before. 
He was great. His name was Curtis Nivens Jr. Awesome name. Fit him like a glove. He was always just bursting with praise. He would dance and sing his way around this warehouse as he did his works. His work is always a smile on his face. Um, we got to know each other and became friends. Now, that's a portrait of Curtis. You guys know me pretty well. I tend to be sort of still and silent. Uh, if, if I was not a pastor, I would often be like in the corner of the room by myself quiet. Like that's more my natural disposition. And furthermore, I was suspicious of some of his Pentecostal beliefs because I grew up Southern Baptist and it was just very different. And so often we, we would work side by side a lot. And one day he said, Matt, you know, I love you, but you are like a wet log. He's, he, Curtis was just always aflame with joy and passion. And I was over there just stifling that. And he could not catch me on fire. I was like a wet log. I still struggle with being like a wet log. So don't emulate me. I want to grow in this. Some of you perhaps have had the instinct to say amen, but haven't because you never see me say amen. You probably didn't hear it, but I tried to say amen as people were sharing at the microphone over here. I need to grow in this. We all need to grow in this. Don't emulate your wet log pastor. There are um, many reasons that I know we all miss Lawrence Eford. But one of those, for me, is when I would preach, no matter how sorry the sermon, he would always find something that he agreed with and that he liked, and he would say amen. And it encouraged me. It's so encouraging. And I think whenever he would, it would sort of be a little burst of that warmth of what God's word was doing for the rest of us. And I miss that. I miss Lawrence greatly. But that's one specific reason I miss him. We need to be a little more like Lawrence, a little less like Matt in this regard. When it comes to Thanksgiving, it's just so simple. The means that God has given us to go about being the church are just so simple. You don't need any equipment. You need one Christian to say, I am so thankful that God speaks to us in the Bible. And then for another Christian to say, amen. I agree with that. I, I like that too. And then others verbalize, yeah, that is awesome. You know, I've been so busy, I haven't even thought about that this week. That is amazing. And then the fire grows and spreads. And soon we have this warm, crackling church that people see from afar. And they're like, man, there's something awesome about this God that they worship. Now, on the other side of the coin, the exact same effect happens with complaining. When we complain, we draw amens from the people around us. Now, they don't say amen usually, but they will agree. And just like when we give thanks out loud, it draws forth the gratitude of the people around us. When we complain out loud, it draws forth the ingratitude of the people around us. And soon we have a little congregation crackling with the flames of discontent. And we don't want to be a part of that. We want to be people who say, isn't this awesome? Isn't God awesome for fill in the blank? We don't want to be people who are always saying, isn't this awful? Well, of course it's awful. We live in a fallen world. There's lots of awful you can point to. We as Christians point to the awesome. We point to what God is doing and how good God is. Anybody can complain. It's easy to get amens with complaints. 
You've probably found in conversation, if you say something you're grateful for, often people are like, no, that's good for you. But if you say something that you're upset about or something at the workplace that just isn't good, you probably find a lot of head nodding and a lot of agreement. It's easy to get amens with complaints. It's harder with gratitude. I don't know why. I guess one reason that is is because we all have this sinful flesh that hangs on to us. Now, we're, as Christians, we're saved and forgiven and made right with God, but we still have this sinful flesh that hangs on. And so we have these dueling natures. We have the new nature that longs to praise God and give God glory and thanks. But kind of crowding that out and clinging on to it is our old nature, which longs to rebel against God and reject God through complaining, to say, well, whatever, however good God may be, this circumstance, he dropped the ball. But we fight the old nature. We fight it by doing just this right now, receiving God's word. Just by hearing this, God is changing us. He's making us more prone to verbalize gratitude, less prone to verbalize complaint, more prone to say amen when someone verbalizes gratitude to God, less prone to say amen when someone verbalizes complaint. He's doing it for us right now. So when we open the mic up here in just a minute, I'm hopeful that some folks will come and they'll just say something that they're grateful for. And I'm hopeful that some, one, two, many of us will feel comfortable to say amen. I'm even going to try. Wet Log Broadway is even going to try to say amen. Lastly, what this all does for us is spelled out in this passage as well. When we give thanks to God out loud and our hearers say amen, we build each other up. That's really his point here. Verse 17, he says, if you're giving thanks in tongues and nobody can understand a word you're saying, you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. The assumption is here, we want to say it out loud in a way people can understand because we want to build them up. And that happens when we verbalize our gratitude. To build up, it's a a good theological word is edify. It's the same kind of terminology for building a building, building a house. And this is your job. Your job is to build up your fellow Christians in their faith. My job is to equip you to build each other up. That's how Ephesians 4 describes it. As a Christian, I also share the responsibility of building you up. But my job as the pastor isn't to be the sole builder on the work site. We are all builders. We all have our hard hats on here. This is a construction zone. Thanksgivings are our hammers the simplest tool in the tool belt, and we've all been issued it when we became a Christian. Complaints are more like crowbars. Complaints tear people down. That's not, we're, that's not our task. Our task is to build each other up. And it may seem too small. You might genuinely feel like, you know, if I say out loud, if I go to that microphone or in conversation out there, if I say out loud, um, I am thankful that God has kept my aging parents safe during this pandemic. It's not going to do anything. What is that going to do? Well, that would be like a construction worker sitting in his truck instead of getting out because he feels like, if I hammer a nail, what's that going to do? This great big building project, me hammering a nail isn't going to do any good. Well, of course it is. It's the only thing that is going to do good. It's the accumulating effect of all of us faithfully doing these things that builds up the body of Christ. So know that one nail isn't going to, he's not going to receive an award for construction worker of the year because of that one nail, but if he will consistently, faithfully continue that slow, steady work alongside his co-workers, 
that house will be built. And so it is with us, with these simple means of grace, including saying thankful things to God out loud. So think about your fellow Christians, the people here and the people who are not here. It's your job to build them up in some way. We all have different spiritual gifts to work on this project, but one of the simplest tools that anybody can use is saying thanks to God out loud, giving others a chance to say amen. When this simple exchange takes place, the church is built up in Christ. We're going to do it right now. I'm going to give you a chance to come and say something you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be incredible. It doesn't have to bring tears to our eyes. It doesn't have to be eloquent. I've got a little template here. If Elias will put up the the next thing, it should say, yeah, I'm thankful that God fill in the blank. You might only add one word to that, and it would still be beneficial. As you're thinking about it, I want to remind you, too, that I'm hoping to put on our church website a bunch of thanksgivings of our people uh, this week. Again, another way to try to help engage those who aren't with us in person. So if you feel like you would like to write a short paragraph of just gratitude to God, several have already sent those to me. just want to remind you, you can email those to me. Uh, my pastor email address is pastor at doolinsgrovechurch.org, uh, or you can talk to me about it. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll just have a a time, an opportunity to obey the passage immediately. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us just such doable assignments. Lord, please help us to be grateful people who say thanks to you out loud a lot and who amen others who are doing that. Lord, please help us to avoid the temptation to complain Help us to abound in thanksgiving because you truly are good and it is good to be your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.